Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My name is Loki and welcome to Keep It Loki. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yasirli amri wa hlul uqadatim min lisani yafqahu qawli. My Lord, expand for me my chest and ease for me my task and untie the knot from my tongue that they may understand my speech. Allahumma salli ala nabina Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama salat ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. Guys, when I said I was open to constructive criticism, <laughs> wallahi, you guys did not hold back, mashallah. Everyone took that and ran with it. Billah, wallahi, alhamdulillah, like, it's so beautiful to see people engaging with the content, people giving their feedback. I'm so grateful for that. As you guys already know, this week's podcast is going to be about friendship. I know, what a juicy topic. Everyone has so much to say about friendship, and it's just... You know, we have all these interactions with our friends and the first thing that we want to do is just backbite about it. Don't tell me you haven't done that before. I know you have. And I know that it's just, it's a very common way to try to deal with our problems. You know, we go up to this people, the people that we don't like, the people that we disapprove of, their actions, whatever, and we think we're so great. And like, we're so nice to them, we smile on their face. And then once they leave, we go to Sada and we're like, oh my God, did you just see what she did? Like, oh, like, bro. (laughs) You are not making the situation any better. Not only is that not going to fix your problem, but you're honestly just piling on the bad deeds. You're getting them good deeds, you know, and you might be wondering, okay, then what is the solution to this? Well, I have just the answer for that. There are so many different types of friends. Like you could have a school friend that you literally only text when you need homework from them. You have the kind of friend where you play video games with. You have a kind of friend that you just play soccer with. Whatever it is, you have different types of friends. But the ones that you really want close to your heart, the ones that you want to keep by your side always, are the ones that are for the sake of Allah. Okay, what does that look like? And you, Loki, why do you think you know what that looks like so much that you can give advice on this? (laughs) Trust me. I think I am the most certified. (laughs) Okay, that's obviously a joke, but wallahi, I have been just like any other person. We've been through friendships up and down. We lose people, we gain people. And from that, especially like in high school, in my experience, or even in college, you start to see what kinds of personalities are out there, what kind of different um, people are out there, you know? And you start to protect yourself from these kinds of behaviors. Um, And one of the things that I like use as like a spectrum or whatever to decide who I want to be around me is what kind of people who when I talk about Islam with for example do they get excited their eyes go bright when I mention the name of Allah or like even though they're not the most knowledgeable and neither am I they just at least they just sit there and listen you know those are the kinds of people that I that made me feel safe because something that I hold so dear to my heart they were it was in their heart too And that's not to say that you can't be friends with non-Muslims, but when you think about it, if you are friends with someone who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you feel safe with them. Because if you're friends with someone who doesn't, you know, fear consequences or fear Jahannam or fear anything like that, why do you think they're going to respect you? They don't even fear Allah enough to want to go pray, for example. This could apply to Muslims too. I'm not saying this is just, oh, don't be friends with non-Muslims because they don't have a God. I'm saying people that don't, like, fall into... Um, fall onto their knees when they sin when they feel bad they don't feel bad for anything why do you think they're going to feel any guilt or like loyalty towards you so many times i see friendships fall apart because they between them there's a lot of toxicity there's just um, a lot of like a lack of trust you know and one thing that has helped me really build my trust with people 
is a concept that was very new to me, but it was so profound. It's called husnuddin, basically translated to like benefit of the doubt, you know? Like, when we think about when someone has, like, not answered our text for a long time, you know, I think that's a very common problem, unfortunately. It's really, you might think it's insignificant. It is, but it's actually something that I see happen a lot within my own friendships, but as well as the friendships around me. You know, technology is something that is rampant. We can't really ignore that. Um, but for example, if you don't answer your text, it's like, I know you have your phone on you. Why are you not answering my text? Is she mad at me? Is she ignoring me? Uh, she's being fake. She's trying to avoid, not the discord sound. <laughs> but my point being, if the friendship was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if you don't talk for weeks, months, whatever, because it's for the sake of Allah, you guys are in each other's du'a. You are there because you see a hereafter together you see jenna together you were not just about like texting 24 7 or like oh she's fake because she didn't wish me a happy birthday or anything like that but just to make it clear <laughs> as obvious as you guys think it is free mixing you know isn't just it's just not a thing okay we just don't do that as muslims and so anything that i'm trying to advise here when it comes to friendships it's within the same gender <laughs> Wallah, you won't understand how many people actually, like, try to say, like, oh, he is such a bad friend. It's like, girl, we're just saying he is such a bad friend. He didn't do X, Y, Z. Girl, why are you holding those standards to this person? They're, you're not even supposed to be their friend in the first place. And those kinds of things, um, they just create a mess, you know. It should be avoided, I swear to God. Like, it just makes life easier. Um, but, yeah, with the, even within the own gender, problems can arise. And so we have to remember a man follows the religion of his religion, so each one should consider whom he makes his friend. This is from Abu Dawood, and like this reflects just how important it is to follow good behavior, you know? And if you like hang out with someone for a certain amount of days, you start to like latch onto their lingo, you start to learn everything about them um, and become like them. So you want to watch out for what kind of friends that you're being um, friends with. And if you're in a circle where you're being pressured to do things like it could be something as bad as like i don't know vaping or it could just be music you know they're all still um very popular sins within friendships you know and so if you feel that kind of pressure you like you feel embarrassed to ever tell them to stop like if you were in a car with your friends and you feel like you are scared to tell them hey please don't play music those are not the kinds of friends that you should be around, you know? And even when you tell them, they respond back with arrogance or they make you feel bad. Um, those friends are not meant for you. And, like, if you find yourself, like, losing friends constantly because, you know, you're growing and, like, they're staying in their own place, don't be upset about it. Wallahi, I know it's a sad feeling, but something that I like to think about sometimes is, like, the leaves that fall off of a tree, they were too weak to be there in the first place, you know? Like, it's time for them to fall off and it's common to feel like you're too strict or you don't know how to have fun because those are the kinds of things that they tell you that that's what they throw at you and it's honestly a tactic to make themselves feel less guilty like you know you're not trying to act better than anyone you're just trying to be better for your rub you're trying to be a better muslim and you know you went about it in a respectful manner but like you still got in response you got disrespect you didn't try to condescend anyone but they take it as disrespect um because you want to be a better person you know and one time this did happen to me obviously i think it happens to everyone at some point where you want to step away from a bad friendship that could be bad for your iman your mental health whatever it could be right 
And this person actually, she said I was weak. She said I was weak that I can't handle being friends with someone without being influenced by them. And, or for example, I hear this a lot. It's like, are you not strong enough to be in a group of um, guys or like a free mixing group? Like, are you that down bad that you can't even talk to a guy without catching feelings? And I'm like, no, like, you need to understand that these are simply the hudud, the guidelines given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Man was created weak. Like, I think this ayah is really, is really profound. Um, it's in Surah Nisa. And, you know, the second half of it is, وَخَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ ضَعِيفًا what does that mean? We created man weak. And so when we think about it like that, our our brains were created to absorb like everything that is around us. So yes, actually I am weak. The human mind is weak, but we have Islam to go against our natural fitrah. We, we have that kind of um, strength and recipe given to us to be stronger people. Like our natural fitrah is to be impatient, but Islam teaches us to be patient. Our natural fitrah is to, as much as you think it's not, um, like you are more inclined to go towards a group of the opposite gender because it's just more fun you know like you think about a group chat like if it was just all girls yeah it's vibes whatever but when it's when it's mixed you're not necessarily there to find a husband but within that group chat it's just more fun because if you're seeing the other perspective it's like a different way of acting you know and you're easily influenced um and like you fall into the trap of constantly texting and free mixing whatever it is that khulwa aspect i learned this word recently and it's just like i cannot stop using it because i see it everywhere and honestly i did not even realize within my own actions or within the actions of my friends this is something that is really common um and so like you know when you talk to like when you listen to a song the song gets stuck in your head right because you're constantly listening to it or in a sheet whatever or you start watching a certain youtuber those kinds of things are like stuck in your head like the lingo that they use and like um the different kinds of phrases friendship is the same way and i will go as far as saying that friendships are actually more impactful on you on like on who you become than your own parents so i wanted to give you guys this hadith and it is your best friend is the one who seeing him reminds you of allah speaking to him increases you in knowledge and his actions remind you of the hereafter and so when you want to like become a better muslim especially during, like right before ramadan you have to look at your circle you know your friends are the ones that you are around and like you look up to them 24 7 they feed you your thoughts and ideas you go to them for advice you start to have the same thoughts and you make the same jokes and like even your ideologies you like you think they'll never mix because you know you're a strong person whatever you're your own person but whoever is weaker in that in that sense you will end up morphing into their mindset yes friends can have differences but that's like Oh, one friend can like chocolate and the other one can like vanilla. By the way, if you like vanilla more, we're actually not friends anymore. Like, I, I need you to click off my podcast right now. Chocolate is for life. Anyway, when it comes to mindset, <laughs> you want to surround yourself with those that are not just like-minded, but also those who are ahead of you in life, you know? You want to, you aspire to be like them one day, inshallah. You want to be as fluent in arabic or quran as them you know they motivate you and they make you believe that you need to keep improving and keep going don't stay stagnant if people aren't making your brain work or like they're provoking your comfort you need to change the people that are around you especially if they're bringing you backwards actually they're bringing you down what kinds of conversations are you having with your friends like oh the newest tart shape concealer just restocked or are we talking about with your buddies like who the baddest hijabi is on tiktok and guys like these combos have zero substance you're only killing your brain and in the end the idle talk could actually lead you to your regrets 
and there's this profound ayah, 4367, friends on that day will be enemies to one another, except the muttaqin. So even on that day, you're going to actually like point fingers at each other and you're going to literally blame one another. You know, you're like, it's her fault or it's his fault that I did this. Except those who are God-fearing, who have pious intentions, who have pure intentions with one another, and they fear Allah together. Because on that day, you will be reunited, inshallah, in Jannah. You will be reunited with your good deeds, all the things that you helped each other do, you know? The times that you reminded her to read her surahs, the time that you reminded your brother, let's go fast tomorrow, let's go to the masjid tomorrow morning for fajr. Let's um, start a campaign together, let's, whatever it is. You did those things together for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So not only are you gaining those hasanat, inshallah, but you're also, you're tagging along someone with you. And like, it's just like when you start a business together, right? You have a business partner, you started it with them. So now, you know, you're both getting the money, you're both getting the progress, the credit, whatever it is. And so that's how a friendship works. It's like, it's almost like a partnership. And when it's for a sake, you are going towards that sake together. You're going towards Allah together. And you have to remember, do you want to be around people that don't even remind you of Allah's power to die? Like, they don't remind you to pray. Like, you could sit there all day and they won't even remind you to go pray. Like, who is going to remind you of your shahada? If you're at the point in your life where you're about to die together, cause, you know, you're spending 24-7, like, what if you go hiking? I don't know. Are they going to remind you of your shahada? Or are you going to be friends with people that when you pass away, they don't even know how to pray janazah for you? And... It might arise, like the question might arise that how exactly do I step away from those friendships then? Um, this is a kind of question that I don't really know how to answer for one specific person because there's many different ways, like styles of like, you know, <laughs> letting people go, but also different people handle things in a different way. Take a shot of Zemzem water every time I say different, but that kind of proves my point. There's just a variety of ways that you can go about this because some people um like the way that you can deal with them is like slowly distancing like just not answering calls not talking to them as much um letting them know that you are not available for that kind of energy anymore you know what they're doing is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and therefore displeasing to you you don't want to be around that but others might be kind of like naive, you know, like they don't really know what's going on. So they see your distance as like, oh, she's probably just busy. So you'd have to be clear with them. Me personally, I try my best to just like make it as clear as possible. Like I might send a paragraph or something. But most of the time, if it's not that big of a deal, I just like slowly distance myself, you know. But um, sometimes just letting them know that, hey, I've tried over and over to just be respected. And it's just not happening here. Um, or like... It's just so difficult because Islam, like Iman, is just, it's for you, you know? And if someone is not benefiting you, it almost it almost feels selfish. But wallahi, you're allowed to feel selfish when it comes to this thing, you know? This is your life. This is your akhirah. And so any good person, any good friend would want to respect that and maybe even tag along with you in your journey. And you might get to the point where you've done it so well. You're so good at, like, you know, keeping your peace and staying low-key, whatever. Like, you kept your circle small. That's a really beautiful thing because then, you know, the less people in your life, the less people you have to upset. Um, but it might get lonely. It's going to get really lonely and it's going to feel like you're the one doing the wrong thing. Maybe you're too strict. Maybe you're fake, you know. Why are you unfollowing me? Why are you 
stepping aside from me like are you judging me right now like wow you think you're such a good muslim and so these thoughts are very common in those who are building a new life for themselves and this kind of feeling is not is not rare you know it's very common but just no one talks about it and even within like different religions like we as muslims this is like a hadith that we often hear and it is that um, the messenger of allah وسلم, he said that islam began as something strange and it will return to being strange so blessed are the strangers what does that mean exactly islam has always been something different from the mainstream you know and the more that you stand for the haq the truth the more that you try to be um of the muttaqin you know the ones that are going to meet each other in jannah inshallah the more that you fear allah which is something so rare especially in our age group the more isolated you're going to feel that strangeness that like you feel like you're the only one you feel wahid you feel like you are the problem you are english like you guys have to understand sometimes I say things <laughs> that don't make sense but yeah I think it's really profound to just have as few friends as possible and to keep your dean than to compromise your morals just so you can have more friends you know and this transcends into more than just like our friendship circle like the more discipline that we have like you know with our in our friendships the more discipline we have outside too like our salah or like the focus that we have our patience how self-aware we are of our words, um, like being that minimalistic with what we say, our wudu, you know, like we are, we're being very intentional with everything that we do, our cleanliness. Alhamdulillah for such a beautiful religion, it allows us to think about the intention behind everything. And as well as like, you know, being alone, maybe you are, you really do fear um, that you're going to lose all your friends. And so you, you might be stuck at a point in your life where you want to help that friend actually. You want to make sure that friend doesn't fall back because you have that kind of pure heart. You want to make sure everyone is on the dean. Um, maybe not perfect because like, you're not perfect yourself, but you want to make sure at least you guys pray together. Should you try to advise them and fix them or should you just leave them behind? You know, This is a very um, difficult question sometimes for people to answer for themselves, but like, there's just like advice formula. <laughs> if you've been to my discord halaqa that one time i have mentioned this and it is that there are three steps to giving advice you know and we all know that you know it's in private that's just kind of a given but it's like a past present future so the past meaning like right before you give the advice you want to make sure that you have knowledge on what you're talking about you are educated and you are genuinely um trying to do it for their sake and you have the uh like the hadith or the eye or whatever to back it up and so when you have that like you are more listened to you are more understood because you know what you're talking about you're not just speaking out of your opinion or because you've you it looks like something is wrong so you're just gonna judge it you know that's the first thing and then the second thing is while you're talking to them during the advising session you have this utmost kindness this respect um a calm voice and you want to make sure that you are not intimidating them because the way that your words are going to be interpreted is how islam is being reflected you know if you are so-called this religious pious person and you're trying to advise someone that is supposedly not as religious 
how you treat them will show them so this is what religious people are like this is how disrespectful they are this is how judgmental they are and trust me even though you might be kind there are going to be people that are like oh you're still judging me that's just a whole other concept but you have to try your best you do your part and you be as kind as possible and this might be bro i genuinely i barely ever have people text me so that is why it's like muted and whatnot or not muted but anyway it's gone now i promise that won't happen again (laughs) i try not to edit my podcast too much because i want it to be as like just as natural as possible like i'm just talking to you guys um but anyway the third step to that is after you do give the advice to have patience you know so so far we have knowledge we have kindness which is like respect and now it's patience this patience what does that refer to so say you give advice to that person and you find them like the next week they're doing that thing that you said hey like maybe we should stop maybe we should like step away from this you know um but they're doing it again you don't have that authority to like get upset at them so much and be like why are you not doing this like why are you still um doing that thing like didn't i tell you you should know this already i told you once you should be you should be good now you should be completely pious and religious and perfect now no you guys like you have to understand that people absorb um advice and knowledge whatever at different rates and you might think that your rate is like the perfect one and alhamdulillah maybe you're really good at taking advice like once you hear something is wrong you immediately you start to adapt to that and that is what we want to try to be um as much as possible like the women of islam way back when <laughs> when they heard that this is proper hijab when they heard the ayat of hijab they immediately started covering themselves with whatever they could find around them and so that is the level of like taqwa we should have but sometimes for that person it's difficult for them to adapt because they've literally been doing this sin or whatever it is this bad habit their whole life so you can't expect them just like by the ne- just because you told them one time that they're going to immediately be perfect so you have to have patience with that person and so this process, this three-step process, whatever, it can only go on for so long. And after that, you can just be a good example for them and um, show them what it looks like to be on the dean, quote-unquote, you know? Like, you can only do it with your actions at this point. Because, again, if you are constantly trying to fix them and advise them, and they're not doing anything, and, like, say you're their your best friend this could potentially be a reason for your own iman to go down because remember what we said about mankind being weak and whoever you hang around is what you're going to become and as you can see like this person is not making any effort to change and the advice that you say just goes in one ear out the other over and over and over although we should have patience it gets to a point where it's not really your job to stay there and get hurt your job to continue having to deal with their their criticism and like them judging you and making you feel bad for what for praying your five prayers your bare minimum and so i think it's really valuable um to be around those that when you hang around with them you feel embarrassed to sin you feel embarrassed to be lacking and of course we do things for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but again being surrounded by different people will help us towards you know going the right path and for example, if you were to hang out, hang around a different crowd and they make you feel embarrassed to do worship, that is not the place that you should be. Which friends are you walking around? The ones who find happiness only in music? Or the ones who are lovers of the Qur'an, who cry at the Qur'an? I wanted to share another hadith with you guys, and it is that 
Verily, the parable of good company and bad company, like the difference between them, is only that of a seller of musk, like author, and a blacksmith. The seller of musk will give you some perfume, you will buy some, or you will notice a good smell. As for the blacksmith, he will burn your clothes, or you will notice a bad smell. What does this mean exactly? We all know this hadith, and we don't really always think about it, about like how it can relate to us and our friendships. And we may have amazing friends who we share a lot with, but we haven't really developed spirituality with them. And so when things go wrong, we turn to people for advice, but we are not reminded of, you know, as-salam, Allah, the source of peace, because the people that we're going to rarely remember Allah. And so when you have friends that do prioritize their relationship with Allah, it's going to help you on your spiritual path. It's going to be easier to pray and do everyday acts of worship because the people around you are doing that all the time. And like, you know, when you you hang around people that are constantly praying, you're like, yeah, yeah, I want to pray now too, you know? Like, ultimately, they will remind you um, of Allah during your hardest test. You know, you'll you'll remember then be like, I want to be like that person because when she goes through something difficult, what she does, she goes and prays, you know? And of course, no one is perfect. And like, that is why it is always important for us to be around people that improve themselves, not perfect not perfect people or people that think they're perfect or try to perfect everyone else like when you're around those people that try to improve you want to improve yourself too as much as we can towards the prophet towards the quran and towards those things that these days is considered perfect but literally it's just like salah you know and anyone who cares about your friendship is gonna actually want to criticize you or want you to be better you know like if anyone is okay with your faults just being out there they don't care for your akhirah. Don't be around those people that have no... Like, they don't really fear for you. They don't care for you if you do a sin. They're like, yeah, go get it. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us in the Quran, and keep yourself patient with those who call upon their Lord in the morning and the evening, seeking His countenance. And let not your eyes pass beyond them, desiring adornments of the worldly life. And do not obey one whose heart we have made heedless of our remembrance, and who follows his desire, and whose affairs ever neglect. This is from Surah Al-Kahf, and we want these friends, <laughs> we want to try to be like them, but um, some things are out of our control, you know, we like maybe we don't have that kind of friend group, like where are we supposed to find them? Um, we want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we just, when will we ever receive that kind of tranquility, those kinds of people? But you have to remember, Allah does not bear something on a person unless he can bear it, you know? And so you might think that this loneliness is going to kill you. You might think that you literally can't do this anymore. And maybe you are the problem, like I said, because you're so alone. But right now in this moment, Allah is testing your faith. He is testing you to see, are you genuine in your Islam, your dua, your worship, whatever it is? Or do you only need friends to do it with you? Like... You have to be willing to be strong on your own just for now, just for a little bit, as long as it takes for you to stand up on your own two feet, you know? And we make Allah, we make dua to Allah constantly. Like, Ya Allah, surround us by those who are muhsineen, surround us by those who please you. Give us good companions, give us good friendships, because I want to do this for your sake. I want to do this so I can get closer to you. Ask Him for that. And, like, your dua, like, there's so much you can make dua for, it's infinite, you know? And don't be afraid of asking for things that you might think are quote-unquote impossible. 
nothing is impossible even though you might live in the most random city there's no people around you and like the only thing you can do is probably find people online which is kind of scary sometimes you don't know what could befall on you and like you are just blessed with maybe like a mentor a figure that comes along your way that you meet someone in school or like a person at a coffee shop i know it's so random and it sounds like a movie but it happens especially for those who are simply just there's just no muslims around but for those who do have Muslims around them and like again they feel alone the more you make du'a for something like subhanAllah I literally <laughs> um, over the past summer I met some of the most amazing people one of them being Asma and Kaas <laughs> they're just such beautiful souls and subhanAllah I I had been making du'a that whole summer because I was going through like another trial it was like right after high school where I felt like the people around me were not the ones that I wanted to be around you know I felt I felt alone, I really did, and even remember how I said two years ago was when I started learning about Islam, and from there I found friends, and yeah, alhamdulillah, I did find those friends, and they built me into who I am, but those friends move away as well, or like we grow up into different people, and so I was constantly making dua that whole summer, and so right before I went to college, um, I, I joined this program where you can like basically just see the school like right before uh, classes actually start. So it was like um like a week of staying on campus like before everyone else getting ready before everyone and i made like a deliberate intention to like be as visibly muslim as possible <laughs> because the program was at a, a city where it's just like it's very um white <laughs> it's just like definitely there's no muslims there and like i just felt like this is definitely a double opportunity and so i packed as many abayas as i could and i knew that i was going to try my best to still pray no matter where i am um that's like i love going on trips and stuff but it's hard for me especially if i'm going by myself like on a school trip i would be the only one praying you know and so i would get less courage and so i knew it was going to be difficult for me but subhanallah i walked in to like the check-in office whatever and like the first person i see literally at the register is this beautiful hijabi woman and i'm like uh, hello <laughs> and um, I was really shocked like I just acted like I did not recognize I'm like hey yeah thank you and then I turn a corner I see another one I see another hijabi and like not just any kind of hijabi but like like covered from head to toe like she's just like her face is beaming her beauty is just so beautiful and she smiles at me and I'm just like <laughs> Allahumma barik she's so beautiful and so kind you know and wallahi I did not expect it in such a city where there's just no Muslims ever and in that moment, I was like, I'm so glad that I decided to be visibly Muslim, you know, like unapologetically Muslim, because the more confident that you are in who you like in your deen, you will attract those people, those similar people based off the way that you dress. If you say assalamu alaikum and how you carry yourself, like you attract those kind of people that like that energy, you know. And so I wanted people that are not <laughs> afraid to say assalamu alaikum. And so when I say it, they say it back. And when you are like, hey, let's go pray, they're going to go go pray with you. And so these, like, five girls, wallahi, like, they reminded me even right before school started that I should not be afraid. I should not compromise my deen just because I'm at a place where there might not be other Muslims, you know? Like, Allahumma barik, they're a group of girls who, although they're, they live on campus and they're constantly surrounded by non-Muslims and, like, you know, the Western culture, they still hold on to their faith as much as possible. And that was so inspiring to me. And remember how I said, like, 
when you surround yourself by people who are constantly improving constantly um they have like a head of bro not me speaking arabic what's the word in english fob fatima coming back um they have a goal you know and they have very clear and deliberate intentions to um worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like bro sis was wearing a whole jilbab on campus i was like you are such a power move and like a khimar and like full-on hijab i was just like like i was just in awe and i was just so um just so happy to be muslim and the fact that i can recognize them and just like i got emotional that whole week and instantly all of us like the six of us we clicked so well and <laughs> the funny thing is my mom walked me into my uh, the dorm that i was sleeping in for the week and i was just like really worried about who my um my bunk mate was going to be like my roommate and i was just like yeah allah please let it be someone that is like understanding that i have to you know wake up at 5 a.m and pray and so me and my mom walking with my suitcase and stuff and the person uh, that i'm sleeping with has already entered the room before me because i can see their stuff everywhere and so i look at their bed and i see subhanallah a prayer met and a quran just like i must have just like sitting there and i'm like <laughs> i was literally about to cry tears of happiness i'm like there's no way an actual muslim like <laughs> i'm getting emotional thinking about it because in that moment i was just so afraid of being alone um but subhanallah allah was like no you're not going to be alone i'm going to provide you with someone who is going to be with you for the rest of the week and i was like so happy and so then I put my stuff away. I'm just like smiling. My mom walks me off into the um into the assembly room. And so we go there and what's it called? You know, there's hijabis everywhere as I said. Um so I just sit down by myself cuz I don't know a single person and there's a hijabi behind me. <laughs> I need to stop saying hijabi, but like Muslim girl whatever. Like she's there behind me. And honestly, I'm not really that brave of a person when it comes to new interactions, um, especially when it comes to other Muslims. Sometimes I'm like, what if she doesn't like salam? You know, when you say salam alaikum and they actually don't even respond and it's like the most embarrassing thing ever. <laughs> May Allah reward those who say it first because it is sunnah to initiate that. Um, and it's sometimes difficult, especially like culture lately. Like it's weird to say salam for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but because of that, um, I was like, I tried to do something brave, you know, I, I looked back at her and I was like, hey, why are you sitting over there? Come sit next to me. <laughs> Wallahi, that is so out of character. But ever since then, I just realized that it's really not embarrassing to like initiate conversation or be the first person to say hello, you know? And I'm so glad that I did because right now she's like one of my bestest friends ever and I'm so thankful for her. We barely see each other. I transferred schools and she lives far away from me and we text very like not that frequently you know but because the friendship was so purely for the sake of Allah's power that you know the rest of the girls as well they all know each other like we're all best friends now you know because it was so for the sake of Allah like despite how long we haven't seen each other we're always in each other's du'a and like we're constantly sending like Islamic reminders and like beautiful posts to each other we're like hey guys I have an exam make du'a for me like that's so wholesome the fact that you can have that support group and again I'm gonna refer back to that texting thing like Texting every single day is not the basis of friendship. That's not what makes a friendship. And genuine love is in your in your du'a, you know? And like the love that you show for each other for the sake of Allah. And subhanAllah, once I like, you know, I asked her to um, sit next to me and stuff, I was like, yeah, I was actually really shocked to see like lots of Muslims here. Like it, it makes me feel really happy. And she was like, yeah, me too. Um, and so I was telling her, about like the fact that I walked into my room and I saw like some girl like 
my roommate was a Muslim. You know, she had a Mus'haf and a prayer match. She's like, wait, what room are you? I was like, uh, 308. She's like, I'm 308. I'm like, it's you? <laughs> I was like, it's you? You're the person? She's like, yeah. And I was like, subhanAllah, like, the fact that I just felt this closeness to you that I, you, I could just ask you to sit next to me. And subhanAllah, like, it's just so pure. And from there, like, literally that night, we would pray Fajr together. We would talk all night. We would just talk about Islam and everything um, having to do with our lives, what, um, being a woman in our families, being a woman in STEM or whatever in college, um, what is the purpose of life, modesty, everything, everything like that in one week. And because she knew one of the girls, you know, the ones that we saw at the register, she knew one of them. And so she introduced me to them and like, we're all just praying together and like, um, on our way back and forth, like we would be driving, um, like playing nasheeds together, Allahumma barik, it was so pure. I literally just met these people 72 hours ago, but it's it felt like the most beautiful and pure friendship I've ever had and to this day they're just like my favorite people in the world because of that connection for the sake of Allah there's nothing else in between there's no like toxicity there's no fakeness there's no like um what's that word like leverage I don't know how to explain it. like we're not like friends with each other for the wrong reasons you know what I mean and I want to be ambiguous with that and vague because you guys can probably put in your own example when you're friends with someone not for for them you know not for Allah like that's what makes a friendship last Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like I said in the last episode he is eternal and so therefore the friendships that you create for his sake will be eternal inshallah because that's what you're there for you're praying together friends who pray together stay together and I can't emphasize enough just how important it is to have these people around you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he did not create us like in an empty universe on our own just to um, test us he put us in a world where where there's other people you know that's one of our tests other people and the way that i was tested is like which kinds of friends am i going to tag along with like the ones that are just so super fun and always about a good time the ones who normalize free mixing and whatever or the ones that it might not be quote unquote as fun but it is the pure thing to do and i don't know why there's this narrative that like being halal isn't fun like you don't need music you don't need drugs you don't need boys or you know the opposite gender for whoever's listening you don't need that to have fun like this is so small but it's actually just so beautiful like there's this um trend on tiktok where it's like um i think it's so beautiful like you all sit in a circle or whatever and like one person sits on the chair and so it's like basically um say they're like you have to quote an ayah that starts with the letter jim and if you don't say it then we like hit you on the head with like a water bottle i don't know but it's like such a fun and cute game and like they take turns and like the fact that they're testing each other and laughing based off of quran you know and i'm sure you guys have seen it um or like guess the ayah challenge or whatever like finish the ayah it's just so beautiful and like you can still have fun that way. You, like, you can go out on Jum'ah, you know, with the girls, wear jilbab, go get boba, <laughs> go out with the boys, go play a basketball game, get some food together, go pray Fajr together. I don't know, anything like that, you know? Like, that is, like, pure love for each other. And anyone who tries to tell you otherwise or wants to convince you otherwise, they need to get their life checked because they don't know what fun is. I wanted to lastly just give you guys this ayah from Surah Al-Furqan and it goes as woe to me I wish I had never taken so and so as a close friend 
It was he who truly made me stray from the reminder after it had reached me. And Satan has always betrayed humanity. And this ayah, subhanAllah, like, you want to blame your friends as much as you can on Yom Al-Qiyamah. Like, oh, it's his fault. They got me to do this zina. They made me listen to music, whatever it may be, right? But truly, you are responsible for your own actions. Even shaitan, he will say, don't blame me. I simply just, I whispered to you, you know, I gave you suggestions and you said, yeah, I'm going to do that. You took on that challenge. You agreed to let yourself go. And if you've never really thought about this, or maybe you have even just a little bit, take this as a chance now to set your circle right, to surround your surroundings. That makes no sense. <laughs> to surround yourself with people and surroundings that are influential um, for the sake of Allah, that benefit your soul, that benefit your akhira, and they increase your work ethic. They want to support you. Not everyone has their best interest, your best interest in favor, you know? Some people might say that they support you, but really, they have it out for you. And the best way to ensure that you're with people who do love you for the sake of Allah are those who are constantly in prayer, those who are constantly grateful, those who are, don't hold you accountable for stupid things like, why didn't you text me? No, seriously, like, like that's an actual problem. Like You need to make sure that your friendships are not based off of that. And this is a reminder for me first that pure friendship isn't just in how frequently you talk to each other, how much fun you have, or if you invite someone to so-and-so. And honestly, I think it's actually better, like in my opinion... To just not post about where you go, what you do, all that, or who you're hanging out with on social media. Because you don't know who's going to get jealous or upset. Like, oh, how come she hung out with him? Or she hung out with her and not with me? You know? And so, putting yourself out there so much is like... Especially for those who don't have their priorities straight, they're going to they're gonna get upset at you. And it might not be revealed to you immediately. So just, there's so many things you can do. Either just back away from those people when you see it, or keep yourself safe, like keep yourself low-key. And allow yourself that privacy so that you can have fun and hang out with who you want, do what you want without the like restriction from people um, like taking authority over you and telling you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And making you feel like a bad Muslim, a bad friend, a bad person for just taking care of yourself. And... Especially it's difficult, like, with the music thing. A lot of people try to make you feel bad um, for not wanting to listen to music. And I know it's a struggle for a lot of people. Um, and some people see it as a struggle. Some people think it's fine. But others think it's completely halal. And, and whoever, like, tells them it's haram is too extreme. Or they need to chill out, you know? And you have to understand that you are standing up for the haq. And so, on that note... <laughs> see what I did there inshallah next week we're going to be talking about music and how exactly that affects our heart and our connection with the Quran thank you for spending another 40 minutes with me on this keep it low-key episode subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu wa la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk
O Allah, you are pure from imperfection, and all praises due to you. I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship besides you. I seek forgiveness from you and return to you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And remember, keep it low key. Mm-hmm.